It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Well, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Welcome to this episode of the USCOC On Air. This is a public outreach for the U.S. Conference of Chaplains, our live Internet radio program we now call Podcast. This, uh, our website is uscoc.org. Our aim is to provide an opportunity to help strengthen your personal ministry as well as the conference through training, networking, interviews, and interactions surrounding chaplaincy. It will be based on what we do and don't do as Christian chaplains and chaplain assistants. We will discuss with you, and we will pray for you. We will advocate for getting back to the basics in Christendom, but we will not bash any other intentional faith community in order to do it. We will not proselytize. We have varied from our starting format of the six original training episodes in the past, oh, seven or eight episodes have been uh, what we call the interviews with leaders in ministry, entertainment, sports, and uh, we continue with, uh, with that today. We're hoping to help foster the premise that everyone has a ministry. It said that chaplaincy is a ministry of presence, so here we are, as I'm fond of saying, chaplaincy equals availability. I'm your host, Chief Chaplain Alex Brandon. So our guest on today's episode, by the way, this is being recorded live on June 5th, 2020, well, let, I put it this way in the little promo I did for the program. I said, it's a bird, it's a plane. And the reason I said that is because you don't know what this guy is from one time to the next. This man's an accomplished musician, a singer-songwriter, a motivational speaker, a TV show host, but you probably know him primarily as a comedian, Tim Lovelace. Tim, thanks for being with us today. Chaplain, how in the world are you doing? You know, you with that title you have and then being chaplain and alex and just the, the whole thing I, i'm not sure i mean I, i'm a bird and i'm playing but but you but you have 74 names so i don't know I'm, I'm, i may call you chaplain or brother alex or alex or chaplain alex or ca i'm not sure but i am glad to be on the program well thank you so much you know there's so much to talk about with you uh we we have met we did meet uh Oh gosh, I don't know. Five years ago, maybe, uh, at a California. church in Hemet, Hemet California, mm-hmm. uh, when you were uh, out uh, that time. And uh, for and, folks and, who have not, Chaplain, I was going to say, Chaplain Keith was there too, right? Yes, Lord. Chaplain Keith was there. Thank you for remembering him. He, he's going to be thrilled that you mentioned his name. Uh, yeah, and and that was a great show. Uh, if people haven't seen you live, and I can't imagine them not having taken advantage of that opportunity yet, uh, of course, right now, there's... <laughs> they, not, not, I was going to say, if they haven't seen me, it's because they have been forewarned. That's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Lovelace is coming to town, run for the hills, that guy is crazy. And, it's because they caught a video, that's why they haven't seen you in person. <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, as I, there is so much to talk about, so much in your background, and uh, what, I wanted to try and talk about some of the things that people uh, maybe are not that familiar with. They're familiar sure. with your, your, your comedy. They're probably familiar with the Music City show, uh, I, I'm going to guess, but um, before, I'll tell you what, I know you've got a little thumbnail, a uh, little timeline uh, that you uh, can uh, in part to folks that will kind of encapsulate things. And then what you don't hit on in that, I, I'm prepared, believe me, to take off in whatever direction after that. So why don't you go ahead and, and tell people what you normally like to get out of the way as far as, uh, you know, your your life and career up until this point? Well, um, uh, I was born in uh, South Alabama. I say I was educated at UCLA, which is the upper corner of lower Alabama, 
born in the deep south around the Gulf of Mexico and uh, raised in a family that my dad was a research technician, but, but all of my aunts and uncles and parents, they, they love music. So I was raised around a real love of music and, and I listened to a lot of different styles of music. Gospel, but I, I love 40s music and Broadway and big bands and I loved all types of music and of course was uh, went to a lot of gospel singings and just had a just a mixture of people I listened to and um, and so probably the short version would be in the beginning I knew how much I loved music although I was crazy you know they would end up <laughs> if something went wrong when I was in a group they would kind of turn to me to for a little help if something happened. I was kind of the uh, kill some time here and do, do something funny, make people laugh while we figure out what happened to the sound system or the lighting or something. But I started out, uh, as, as a lot of musicians or singers or comedians, kind of starting out doing a lot of things. Um, you know, chaplain for, uh, I don't know if you know this, but for a long time I did studio work. And so there was a studio in Mobile, Alabama called Southern Sound Studios. And we did a plethora of, of styles, you know, talking about how I enjoyed different styles. We would cut gospel groups, um, uh, choirs. We did, uh, you know, and it could be all styles, Southern gospel style, CCM style, uh, you know, black gospel choirs that, that were just fantastic. And But then we'd turn around and do country music and jingles and and uh, you know just uh, just uh, all different types so so that was a, a fun time in my life but while i was doing that i was going to to uh, university of south alabama and it was a family trade to learn to tune pianos my uncles were both great tuners and so i tuned for a while tuned for some great people like ray charles and and liberace and some really neat artists i got to meet doing that so while I was playing in gospel groups, so I was really like <laughs> in one week I would wear four or five hats. I'd be at the music store, I'd do studios most of the time at night, studio work, and play in a gospel group on the weekends and uh, and tune pianos and and so uh, I did that for for several years, just just doing a lot of things. And I tell young people a lot of times I believe our dreams. Uh, chaplain or not necessarily one thing it, it, like I knew I love music and I knew I love people and I knew that I love God but I believe a lot of times our dreams are layers of things as you were saying that everyone really has a ministry if you if you love God and you're a uh, a plumber you 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 have a ministry that you're still your light is shining and so I did a lot of things while I was while I was fighting more what God had for me, you know, full time. And then I played with a group called the Florida Boys, and uh, they had a gospel show for about 25 years called the Gospel Singing Jubilee. And so I was with the Florida Boys for nine years, a little over nine years. I played for the Kingsman Quartet. I was an instrumentalist for the Florida Boys, and then I was piano player for the Kingsman Quartet. Then I played... Piano. It's beginning to sound like I can't keep a job, but this is over several <laughs> years. <laughs> but uh, after the uh, Kingsman, I uh, played piano for one of my childhood heroes, Mr. Jake Hess. So I was, uh, of course, I was part of the Gaither um, videos, if you're familiar with those. I know you've had Lily Knowles on uh, one of your podcasts, and she she, she is such a sweetheart. Um, and Gordon Moat, of course, played for for Bill Gaither, but I was on, uh, starting when I was first on those, about number three or four video, I was with the Florida Boys, and then I was on there when I was with the Kingsmen, and a little comedy, but, but I was going to say, after I left the Kingsmen, I played for JKS on the Gaither videos, uh, uh, I mean, on the tour, and so I was Jake's piano player for a while, and then the last several, several years, I've been doing comedy, my wife and I traveled for a while, and she works a plethora of, you know, I use that word again, I guess she, she works all types of uh, things with record companies. And, and I travel as a full-time uh, comedian, both uh, doing comedy shows and motivational speaking and corporate work and a little bit of everything. So that kind of brings us up to where I am today a little bit. 
you mentioned a little a little group called the Florida Boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Great bunch of guys. Great bunch of guys. Oh, oh gosh, some of the. Uh, and you said now you used the term instrumentalist when you were with the Florida Boys. Mm-hmm. But the you know, instrument that, you played the most was the piano, right? No, not really. I, now the, I did have a keyboard. That's really a, a, a an interesting story in a way. Is is that I, I was playing piano for another group and and playing in the studio as I was saying earlier, um, and I was playing with another group, and we did a concert with the Horror Boys where they first saw me, and. Their piano player for over 50-something years was Daryl Stewart. He just passed away uh, just a few months ago. And a great guy, great piano player. Well, Daryl uh, was having some health problems when I, uh, when Les Beasley, the manager of the Florida Boys, called me and said, uh, I saw you play at whatever, you know, concert or two. And he said, could I hire you for a couple of weeks? Uh, Daryl is out sick. So I juggled my schedule around, and they flew me in somewhere, and I played on the road with him for a couple of weeks or so. Then um, about six months later, he did it again. He called up and said, could you, you know, basically move your schedule around, and uh, Daryl is sick again. And so I went and played piano for them for two three weeks, and then um, – they, he came up with an idea. He said, could we possibly hire you as a backup piano player? So um, so they put me on bass guitar. And um, then they started asking me about different instruments. That's how I ended up being an instrumentalist. They were like, do you have a guitar? And I said, yes. Well, can you bring it? And, and I would. And a few months later, they'd say, you know, do you play banjo? And I said, well, not really, but. Well, people like the banjo. Bring the banjo. Then they'd have me doing a banjo. So, so, um, so people started thinking of me, Chaplin, as, as, as a picker. You know, as a, as a string picker. So they had me playing mandolin and dobro, and they put me on harmonica. But I was really, actually the backup piano player. But for nine years after I joined the group, Daryl wasn't sick during that time. So for nine, nine years, I was the backup <laughs> piano player, and he and he wasn't sick anymore. And so that's why I went. So I took a, a keyboard, and I would sometimes do strings or electric keys while Daryl was still playing the acoustic piano. So right. if that makes any sense. So I, I yeah, did have I, the keyboard, and I'd play it on several songs. Sometimes I'd do intros or do harmony things with, with, with Daryl if he was playing on the piano or, or put in strings or pad what he was doing. And then I would go to pick up a different instrument for a different song and kind of switch it around. So so that's why I was instrumentalist for them and then was a piano player for Jake and the Kingsman. Well, you play the heck out of the piano, that's for sure. And well, you're kind you, of, I, I, you know, I, I, still, uh, uh, I still use it in my comedy concerts, and I've had, you know, I had a, uh, someone tell me a few years ago, you have to pick what you're going to do. You know, uh, if you're going to be a, Pianist, just go out and do piano concerts. If you're going to be an instrumentalist, do that. If you're going to be, you know, uh, a comedian, do that. But I just felt like, why do you have to choose choose one thing? If I love music so much, I can still do this. I can write some fun songs, and at the same time, I'm scratching that itch, and I can do a little song on the guitar and have fun with it and tell a crazy story and do something and then run over to the piano and do something and Sometimes you know I'll mix it up. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure what I did uh, the night that you came out to Hemet, uh, uh, California. But sometimes I'll do like showing uh, other musicians that inspired me, and do Ray Charles and Jerry Lee and Floyd Kramer, some of those. So for me, if if you love what you're doing, that's going to transfer. You know, that's going to relate to the audience. And so I can have fun with it and have joke around with it, but still I enjoy elements of music in with the comedy show. And then it's not just standing up for an hour and just telling jokes or one-liners. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I feel like everyone's attention span is shorter and shorter. You know, we live in this 
instantaneous world. You know, we want to drive right. through, and we want to we want everything fast. And so, uh, to me, if I'm jumping and then I grab a guitar, do a crazy song, and come back and I tell a story, and and we're having fun, and then I grab the harmonica and do something, and I come back and do it, and it's all lighthearted and fun, and then and then maybe bring it down a little more serious towards the end. But I just think that variety um, fits well in the uh, in the uh, in the ADD world, which I'm a big part of. <laughs> <laughs> You're the spokesman, I think. I'm the uh, spokesman, and, and possibly, that, yeah, maybe that's that's where I should I should be the chairman of, of, of ADD. <laughs> but. You do them also well. You know, you I said you play the heck out of the piano. Well, you do, of course, but you do the same thing uh, with the guitar. You know, and, and uh, you talked about the different styles and how you uh, and you did do that in the show. You do it in a lot of your shows where you you I've I, I've never heard anybody impersonate another artist on the piano like you do when well, you do Floyd Kramer. You can't tell the difference between you playing and Floyd playing. Well, that's that's really that's really kind. Uh, you know, what I try to do too uh, 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 is like if I'm at a youth group, you know, of course, comedy. I said earlier, you know, from corporate work and church work, uh, but really, it, it is so varied and it's so different. It, I may be at a youth group, then I may be at a seniors group, then I'm at a bluegrass uh, concert, and then I'm at a country concert, and then I'm at a uh, uh, you know, a healthcare group or an insurance group or motor, all different, you know, ages and, and and sizes. And I say that to say this, sometimes like with those styles, because you want to adapt every concert for that group you're with. If I'm speaking to doctors, I'm, I'm uh, certainly not going to talk to them like I am middle school. But if I'm talking to young people, I especially want to encourage them if I'm doing styles or doing something about the uniqueness of their life, that we don't have to be like someone else, that, you know, Floyd Kramer found out, you know, what was inside of him and, you know, when I'm playing some of that, but that the talents and the giftings that were placed in their life by God that, you know, I mean, we've all talked about it, you know, the the fact that no two uh, thumbprints are the same and, you know, really no two people. I mean, God is such a creative God, no two leaves on a tree, no two snowflakes alike. And I think if young people can really find out that it's not just belonging to any one certain group or trying to be just like someone else, but when they start really searching for what is inside of me, what can I uniquely uh, stir up that gift, as Paul told Timothy, to use and, and to be who I am. You know, and I don't have to try to be like someone else. And then, if you're playing like the group of my chaplains, you would have, you'd go real slow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to say my name is Bennett, and I ain't in it. <laughs> I'll stay out of that. No, no I, I, I've, I've been around some chaplains, and, and, and one thing I love is is uh, the chaplains I have been around a couple of meetings is. Uh, is the great sense of humor, you know, a lot of laughter. That, that, yes. that, that's, that's one thing yeah. I, I've noticed. And I feel like that, uh, t- 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 tell me your take on this, but I feel like sometimes people uh, in, uh, that are pastors, chaplains, uh, or even like a, um, a uh, mortician, someone that, that, that is that is trying to minister all the time, and a lot of times people are hurting, that when they get together, when they let their hair down, they really let it down because we all need to laugh. And sometimes yes. we're dealing with so much hurt, or sometimes if you are going to visit at a hospital or someone has lost someone or, or someone is sick and you're dealing with all that, that sometimes when we all get together, you know, that's where the laughter really is good medicine that, that I, I find that chaplains and pastors and everything when they get together they can they can just really have a good time to 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 let off a lot of that heaviness that maybe they've been under that's absolutely true um uh, the florida boys got you into the gospel music hall of fame well you know um 
I, I guess they were desperate. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean yeah. they bought you a ticket. I mean, you got inducted <laughs> yeah. as a member of that group. Yes. Uh, uh, I was a uh, great bunch of guys, the Florida boys. Like I said, I, I learned so much being with them. And uh, Les and Glenn and Daryl were the three owners of the group. And they had su such a rich history. It's one reason, you know, when I traveled with them for nine years, although I was not playing piano full time, uh, I was still so happy for so many other reasons. I, I could I could learn from those guys that had been down the road. Uh, they were not, they were never braggadocious, you know, walking around with the ego, but yet they did so much in the '60s and '70s and back to the early '50s. And and I love I love the history of music, but but they just just always were level headed, you know. They, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they'd done so much on the Grand Ole Opry, and, and I would have to pull it out of them. I said, well, t tell me some of the, when you all would sing on the Grand Ole Opry, tell me some of the people you would back up, back, you know, and sing on the stage. And, oh, no, they, I'd have to pull it out of them if we're riding down the road in the bus and out for two or three weeks. And, said, no, tell me some of the people. Oh, well, we'd back up Patsy Cline and Jim Reeves. And then, you know, I'd have to pull it out of them, you know, and, and, uh, and and they you know would would go overseas and the nation of Israel would have them sing for the Air Force and different things and they would get just so many great invitations that their, their TV show was so well received because not only did they do a great job, Chaplin, but but in that time period, as we know, uh, since we're over 25, in that time <laughs> period there were three. Um, national television uh, stations, ABC, NBC, and CBS. So when you were on television then, that's like comedians today that would say when they got to play, you know, uh, Johnny Carson's show. If you did that, your career was set for life back then. So right. when they when they had a show on on uh, Sunday mornings for I think it was twenty seven years, twenty six, twenty seven years. But when there were only three major stations and you were on one of them every week for that many years, I mean, they they were just so well known. So even when I was with them in the 80s and 90s, we would go out to concerts and the country artists, a lot of Elvis's, of course, they, they knew uh, Elvis, but a lot of his, uh, he had already passed away, but his former band members and, and uh, I remember um, Glenn Campbell came out one time, and uh, and knew Johnny Cash, but all these artists. When I first time I played Grand Ole Opry, um, was with the Florida Boys, and it was amazing to me because this was the very first time I did it with them was in the '80s, and um, Roy Acuff was still alive. But it was so neat for me to see because the Florida Boys were so humble. But for those country artists and bluegrass artists. They had been raised watching the Florida Boys on TV, so yeah. they were like all inspired because the Florida Boys were there. Now, to the younger, new country fans, they may not even know them, you know. And it was they were that was we ninety, probably ninety ninety five percent of what we played were gospel events. But the country singers that have been out every weekend for all those years on Sunday morning, they're not playing in a church somewhere. So they, their church and their music they listened to were the Florida Boys. So it was really neat for me to see, you know, uh, Jim and Jesse and, and Roy Acuff. And, and uh, one of the times I played it, it was the very first time that Garth Brooks played the Opry. But to see all of them come up to the Florida Boys to ask the Florida Boys for, for their autograph, you know, Glenn and, and George and, I mean, Glenn and Les and Daryl because of uh, th th their influence. So anyway, just kind of, you know, you, you got, got me to thinking about some of that. But, yeah, it was, it was really neat. They had a huge uh, impact outside, you know, not only in the gospel world, but outside of the gospel world. I think sometimes there's a reluctance, too, when you're known as Southern Gospel Quartet or you're known as a, a Christian artist. I think sometimes there's a reluctance to to – uh, mention the secular work that that uh, you've done in the past, you know, and so on and so forth. It's almost as if 
<clears throat> you know, never the twain shall meet. Uh, we've, exactly. We mentioned Gordon Mote earlier. Every piano introduction on the Rascal Flats album is done by Gordon Mote for crying out loud. You know, exactly. Uh, and and, and so, George Strait and 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 Gordon has played on a, a million of of, of those uh, hits and 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 was what was the uh, uh, piano? You know the. Uh, uh, studio musician of the year or whatever like I don't I'm not really sure about this but it seemed like two or three times I mean and he plays on all of those country and then he turns around and does gospel but I, yeah. you know um, uh, I, I have not only do I not have a problem with it I think it's the greatest way to, to, to let our light shine you know I do too it's, I do too that's what we do as chaplains that's for sure we it, try it, to Exactly. If if we only sing the, the, you know, we use that terminology, singing or talking to the choir. In other words, people that are already believers or maybe you know believe a a certain faith. That, and and of course, those people need to be encouraged. And of course, believers in the faith, they need all of it. They need, we all need to be taught. We all need to love more. We all need to laugh. We all need to be entertained. We all need all of those things. But if we only do that for believers, we're never reaching to, to other people. And right. and the way I read it, he said, "Go and tell." <laughs> and 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 so we're we're to share in this hurting world. And um, and, and you know, I've, I've had a couple of uh, I've had a couple people say, "Now, do you have a problem playing this this country event, or do you have a problem playing this a certain certain event?" And I go, "Absolutely not," because if I worked in a factory. To provide for my family, if some of my coworkers believe totally opposite of me, use language that's totally opposite of me, would I say, well, I'm just not going to work there because they're 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 so different from me. I'll just you know I I won't provide for my family. That doesn't make any sense, you know. So we can go to any job, any company, with a mixture of everyone which I think is beautiful because we can let our light shine, but that is accepted. Uh, but if you're a singer, a musician, sometimes it's kind of like, well, should you really be doing that? I'm going, absolutely, we should be doing it, you know? And yeah. so well, uh, I, I think you are on the same back channel with that. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's the old in versus of, you know, uh, right. in the world, not of them. Um, right. I got so much more on, I, 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 and I don't want to take advantage of uh, of the time you're gracious enough to to give us today. But you mentioned Jay Cass earlier, and that put me in mind of an interview you did with Matt Fouch. You know, Matt's got that Fouch on the couch thing. And, yeah, right. Uh, you, <laughs> I wish Brandon rhymed with something I could come up with a gimmicky name for these deals I'm doing. But um, <laughs> anyhow. Uh, he goes through this big windup of a of a uh, his favorite uh, I guess YouTube video of you or something and I, and I'm sitting and I just knew like you did he was going to bring up the fourth man and what he hit you with was the one where Ernie comes up on stage and and cuts your tie off uh, but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that, the only reason I'm I'm going through that windup is about Jake Hess and that fourth band video now. We all know that Jake and you, uh, you know, had a love affair for a long time. You guys knew each other well, had worked together. He wasn't going to be surprised by anything that you did, but he sure was going to be genuinely amused by whatever you did. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, the backstory on that, I don't know if anyone, you know, if your listeners have seen it, but Fourth Man, you can see it. Uh, I'll put in a shameless plug here, but... Uh, you can go to um, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, I, uh, of course, by my name, but you can go there. And I've got some crazy things on there. But Fourth Man, that clip is on there. But um, the the crazy thing about that was, was I was actually playing with Kingsman at the time. I hadn't started with Jake yet. And, and it was in between the Florida Boys and the Kingsman. And Jake and Bill were very close. They were just very close buddies. Oh, yeah. And Bill asked, asked Jake. Jake had seen me do some crazy stuff and uh, with the Florida Boys, some comedy. And he, Bill asked Jake, um, 
I need someone to do something on one of these videos to surprise everyone, you know, that we can just kind of ad lib and not be planned out. Um, and Jake said, Tim Lovelace, do that. <laughs> so so uh, I get a call from Bill, and I'm going to say it was two or three weeks or whatever before the taping. And Bill said, and, and I stuttered a little bit on the phone, and then Bill started a little bit on the phone so the two of us together can talk for like 15 minutes just saying hello you know once one of you starts the other one starts <laughs> anyway uh, uh, Bill said I have a song I want you to mess up and I said well if you want the song done correctly if you want it done right I can recommend some people if you want it destroyed I'm the man for the job I'm your guy <laughs> I'm your guy, you know, uh, Bashful is, Bashful is not my middle name. And so, uh, anyway, he, he sent me a tape of Fourth Man, the Fire, uh, Fourth Man, which I'd already heard the song before. I remember the Statesman doing it. And of course, it's a little harder if you already know, if you already know the song and know it correctly. But, uh, but we didn't practice it. So Bill, Bill said, just don't, you know, be telling people. And so, um, uh, Bill and Jake knew about it, and uh, my wife. And so, uh, um, but the the audience didn't know about it. So, 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 so Jake, he really didn't know what I was going to do, but he knew I was going to do something. But the other guys, uh, they, they, they they didn't have any idea, Alex. They uh, so Rex, when, Rex and George, and them, they didn't know what was. They coming. had no idea. Well, see, yeah. see Bill has a great sense for comedy sometimes even on the stage with one of the comedians he would say something to us or to mark or say something you know hair hey, he can say something on his breath if he wants a certain joke to, he, he's got just such a pulse of what the room is going and knowing which song he needs to do next he's he's just listening he's thinking ahead all the time so bill because he has this great a feel for comedy he before the tape started rolling he set up the tension you know comedy is is you get a little bit of tension or or even if you're telling a joke you go in one direction and they think they know the audience thinks that, that they know where you're going and then you turn the corner on them you know and um, so Bill told the crowd said I, I want to do this song and I, I want to you know basically I, I want to do this right it has a lot of words to it but um but I but I you know I I, I, I want to do this song Fourth Man of the Fire and and of course people were, were loving to be on the video and I would never volunteer for anything sometimes I don't say that braggingly but sometimes if if I knew the song on the piano I never volunteered they'd say if he would in the early days before it's a little more planned out he just said uh, I need a piano player no so-and-so song I'm just it's you know I'm crazy but I just never been one <laughs> like jump down and say oh well let me you know what I mean let, let me play it uh, so a lot yeah. of times I would say Stan Whitmire I bet he knows or you know I you know I've always uh, and once again, definitely not bragging, I, I, but I love to be a cheerleader, you know, get my friends doing things, and I always just kind of back row and clapping and all that. Well, because Bill had asked me to do this, it was the first time I'd done anything, but the crowd didn't know that he had asked me. So when he said, I want this kind of done right, and, and George Jones raised his hand, and he knew it, and Rex raised his hand. They didn't know it was going to be comedy, and I raised my hand, and, of course, all my friends were like, <laughs> You know, Tim's volunteering for something. <laughs> you know, that's kind of out, out of the norm. And, and Bill said, said, okay, Tim, do you know it? And I said, I said, yes, sir. And he said, okay. So I don't want to mess up. I said, I said, yes, sir. And so we went down there. And when it started, like I said, no rehearsal, Jake and Bill were the only ones. But since they didn't know what I was going to do, then, then I think, you know, when, when Jake got tickled, it was hard on me not to laugh. <laughs> but but Willie and Willie and George and they didn't have any idea. So it, it was a lot of fun. But I, I say all of that, uh, really, Chaplin. I say all of that to say this: if if Bill hadn't set it up the way it did, it didn't it ended up, you know, working, and and I just was my crazy self. But but 
Bill setting that up, you know, putting the tension in the room and then everyone discovering that it's going to be fun and that, you know, and I'm just destroying this song. But if Bill had said, now, before we start taping, I want this to be funny. Now, everybody really laugh. Yeah, some people are great singers, but that doesn't mean they're an actor. If they're not even, <laughs> if they're not even laughing, you know, thinking something is funny, they may try to fake a laugh, and that looks worse <laughs> to get a token laugh. So the genuine laughs happen when when that tension is set up. So hats off to, to Bill Gates. It, it is an iconic video, and it is quintessential Tim Lovelace. And um, George caught on pretty quick. You, you know, George was a yeah. jokester. He was a jokester, <laughs> yeah, too. Right, right, right. And, right, and right. He, he loved a good gag, and he caught oh. on, I think, quicker quicker than Rex did. But, I, oh, what, it's what, just a, a funny video. Well, you, do you know what Rex said to me at the end of it? You can see him shaking my hand and kind of saying something. Yeah. Yeah. Rex had a real dry wit. And when it was yes. over with, he shook my hand and he said kind of low, he said, you just set gospel music back 50 years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, it now, had, had some great, great, great guys there. Let's talk a little about, other than the performance aspect, your songwriting, you know, House of Lovelace, the your catalog, the, the people don't know the songs that you've written, and I got to tell you, I was surprised by one of them myself to find out. Well, not so surprised, uh, very pleasantly uh, surprised. You you wrote uh, old an old convention song. Yes, yes, I did. And I didn't know, I didn't yeah. know that you had wrote that, and everybody's covered that song. Yes, yeah, uh, been real blessed, of course. The, Cathedrals cut it several times, and then they put it on several Gazer videos. But then uh, after they did it, um, a lot of groups, uh, Blackwoods have cut it, Gold City, uh, Kingsman, uh, Signature Ernie, Sound, Haas, and yeah, Signature, and uh, just a, 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 lot, a lot of groups. But uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I've been writing a, a long time. I write for, for Daywind right now. I'm actually uh, I'm actually on Stowtown uh, Records as an artist, but I write with Daywind. So, uh, but yeah, I do, do, do a lot of writing. And uh, two, three years ago, first uh, Christmas musical, and so that was a, a fun thing because I've been writing for a lot of a lot of years. So that so that was fun. It's uh, miracle in a manger, and uh, but yeah, I, I love all all different styles of gospel and written some country over the years too. But yeah, for for for, for a lot of the groups, yeah. And you wrote together with a, a gentleman for uh, quite a quite a bit of your uh, uh, material, uh, Rodney Griffin. Yeah, Rodney and I we've we've written. Uh, we first started writing together. I guess maybe the late eighties, you know. Uh, but we. Let's see. We we had a couple songs up for Song of the Year. Uh, Rodney and I with uh, Triumphant, and then one with um, Let's see. I bring you forgiveness. I'm, I'm, you, you you you're you're going to require me to put my thinking cap on here, Champa. Uh, <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, plug it in. Also, plug it in. <laughs> yeah, I'm plug it in. <laughs> Maybe just a tin foil <laughs> on my head would help. Um, also, uh, Rodney and I wrote. Let's see. We wrote. I bring you for. Uh, um, Let's see. I've been rescued. That was up for some of the year with uh, Kingdom Heirs, and right. uh, and then he and I wrote my favorite place for for Greater Vision, and so we, we we've written several. And then uh, yeah, so, um, I'm trying to think maybe some songs you wouldn't. I've written quite a few for Karen Peck. Got one on her last on her project. Went for uh, for Grammy. Uh, I wrote her. Uh, on whenever the wind blows and bend in the river of life and uh, of course i really like uh, karen and, and their whole group and, and that song was kind of neat uh kim Patton and i wrote it together but she said that that was on her very first album and she said bend in the river gave them their sound they wasn't sure if they were going to be strictly southern gospel or be like country gospel and and she said bend in the river gave that demo and song gave them their 
their sound. So that 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 was kind of a fun thing. Yeah, it seemed like that song was written just for them. So, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so over the years, and I'm trying to think to see lately. Uh, you know, I, I told I told my wife uh, Mary Allison uh, a few months back. I said I've gotten to the point when someone does want to talk, like if I'm out on the road and someone wants to talk about songwriting, I look kind of at the rough age of them. <laughs> if they're like 30 or under, and they go, "Who have you written for?" You know, then I may go uh, Ernie Haas and and uh, you know, uh, um, you know, just just more of the groups today in Greater Vision and, and Karen and, and and but I said if if they're like over sixty I go Blackwood Brothers Spear Family I change according to the age of people I've been writing long enough <laughs> because well, I'm fat you can't you can't say Spear Family to a fourteen year old and you don't necessarily <laughs> and, you, and you don't necessarily say Southern Raised or, or one of those groups to a 70-year-old, you know? Right, so. right. But you you certainly ran the gamut. Now, we should mention timlovelace.com, your website, uh, yeah, because yeah. Um, if people want to see what your your latest project, or one of your, your latest uh, things, that's now a couple, three years old, Living in a Coffee World. Uh, yeah, that, that that's a Stowtown project, and it, it, it's 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 been a lot of fun, done done well for us, and just uh, was was a, was a hoot hoot to do. Uh, Stowtown just gives me uh, they they just really believe in, in in finding out what the artist what is kind of inside of them, and it just gives you a lot of freedom with creativity, and and uh, and it's just been, been a, a great great partnership. And that title song, "Living in a Coffee World," is a—it's a you know kind of a funny song, uh, as a, a, a lot of yours are. My but the best line—you know, probably—I don't know if you'd be able to guess what I would think your best line was in that. Your best lyric I, in that line. I, I think it's know. bit off bit off more than I could swallow. Oh yeah, that that's that would be. One of my lines, yeah. I, I, actually, <laughs> I, 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 I uh, for years and years, uh, the comedy songs are written by myself. A lot of times, I find I just couldn't find anyone to to write with. In other words, I can co-write with, and I've been really blessed over the years and write with some great friends. I have some friends that are fantastic writers, and you know, and and I love to write with 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 Ken West and and Tony Wood and. And, and some of the writers are, are so talented um, to write in so many different styles. Um, but comedy is such a different, a different uh, bird and different beast. <laughs> and 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 I had you know you you mentioned the Music City show. Uh, we're going into our seventh year with that. I host that. And I say that to say this, so uh, one of the guests, we, you know, we have, if they're not familiar with the show, we've had uh, some of the very best in gospel, but we've had uh, contemporary and, and Don Mullen, and, and then we've had country, we've had uh, um, uh, Oak Ridge Boys, and, and, and uh, um, you know, Aaron Tippin and, and John Berry, and on and on and on with, with country, and but one of the artists I had on there was uh, Mr. Funny Man himself, Ray Stevens. And getting back to, there's a little method in my madness here, Kevin. Getting back to writing comedy, um, there's Ray, who, who's probably you know had the most success with comedy songs, and you know pro- probably in, in the history of, of music. He said most people don't understand how hard it is to write a comedy song. He said it's much easier to write a song like Everything is Beautiful, which was such a huge classic, such a big song, such a wonderful song. But he said it's easier to write that song than, say, maybe a crazy um, Shriner's Convention or something. And right. and when he said that, I thought, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it, it, because of this, if you write a lovely ballad, you can write a lovely ballad about Calvary. You can write a lovely ballad about loving your spouse, or you can write a song about 
uh, friendship and about and just use these beautiful adjectives to describe this friend. But when you do comedy, if you have a thousand people sitting in a theater, you have an 80-year-old, a 60-year-old, 40-year-old, a 20-year-old, a teenager. You have someone with two doctorates, and you have someone that didn't graduate high school, and you have uh, someone who is into opera, and you have someone who is into bluegrass or whatever it may be. In other words, you have the whole socioeconomic you know, uh, spectrum is sitting there, all ages. You have, uh, you know, and when you put all that together, then comedy is so subjective. And you're not just saying, you know, uh, lands, we, and, and that is such a beautiful song. You, you, you know my heart. But I'm just saying, if, when you say a beautiful line, like when he was on the cross, I was on his mind, everyone automatically goes, what a great line. Comedy, right. a, a great comedic line, may only hit part of the people. Right. And the next line may hit someone else. And the next line may, And so you're trying to to write for people that have totally different viewpoints of comedy. And that's what makes yeah. it hard because you're, you're trying to reach all ages, people with a dry wit, people who want intellectual, some want goober comedy, you know, some want to play on words, some want to visualize it. And you're trying to write one and a three minute thing reach, trying to hopefully reach a thousand people with, that have really different viewpoints. If, and I know it's kind of analytical, but it, it, it's just really, really hard to do. But, but living in a coffee world, I wrote with Lee Black the first time in Nashville. I've written comedy with anyone, and it worked. We, you know, Lee and I had already, we had already written for uh, some uh, some other songs for the Christmas musical, and we already had you know, a little chemistry there. But he's from Alabama, and which I guess that either helps or hurts. I'm not really sure. But, <laughs> but we were kind of the same bat channel. And the other person I found I could write with is my my uh, uh, my daughter, Gabrielle. She just turned 17. And uh, she and I wrote together. I think she's 12 or 13. And uh, so, in fact, it's on Living in a Coffee World on CD called Some Assembly Required. It's a comedy song about Christmas. And, yeah, and yeah. she and I, but... You know, I was, like, really surprised. I told my wife, I'm like, when it happened, I'm like, I can write with Gabrielle, she, you know, with comedy. And she's like, well, and, you know, basically, of course you can. She, <laughs> DNA. <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be a surprise to you after all the years that you and Mary Alice have performed together and, and, right, and done things right. together. Um, yes. I, I want to get to... Uh, uh, one more thing, uh, you know, you mentioned Ray Stevens. Yeah, he can write a funny song, but he can't sing "Away Fly All." <laughs> well, for the listeners that haven't heard it, yeah, so I do it backwards. I used to tell a story with it when I was up in Canada and I was picking with a young guy, and uh, that he just tear up the guitar. And he asked me if if we knew down south uh, the the song "I'll Fly Away," and I said we know it frontwards and backwards. And then I got on a plane and. <laughs> <laughs> and the plane was shaking. They were going to have to divert to another airfield. And, and I was praying. I was like, oh, man, you know. And I read the whole Bible in about a minute and a half. And, and I didn't even know I was a speed reader. And, and uh, right. you know, and, and I was asking the stewardess where the little black box was. I, I told her, I said, I'm feeling double jointed. If you'll show me where it is, you know, I think I can get inside of it. I was just, I was, I, I was, it, you know, it was really nerve wracking. And, during that time, I thought, well, if I have anything I need to straighten out between me and the Lord, and I remember telling that, that nice Canadian boy that, that we could sing the song backwards, uh, and we knew it frontwards and backwards. And then I thought, well, that was just a figure of speech, but I did tell him that. So then I uh, started thinking about it, and, and I thought, well, I'll just add that to the concert. So I just started Telling people, you know, if, if you know I'll fly away, let's just since we went forwards and backwards, let's do it. Let's do it backwards and just take off backwards. And and uh, of course, most people aren't dyslexic like me, and but, but we have a good time with it. 
We have a good time. Just, you have to think backwards. Men, men should be able to do it pretty naturally, don't you think? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and on a more serious note, uh, I, I just watched today for the first time before because I knew we were going to be on this call together. And I'm embarrassed to say I just saw it today, but I'm telling you I did for, for a, a point. And that is your serious side. Uh, what a beautiful video and what a beautiful song, uh, composer of my life. Well, uh, you're, you're really kind. That's also in the uh, living in the coffee world, and, and Landon being one of the owners of uh, of uh, Stowtown Records, he uh, wanted me to do something with a little bit of my heart in it, and so I co-wrote that song uh, with. Producer Wayne Hahn and also Joel Lindsay—they're both phenomenal writers. And but it—it's it, just kind of a—it's um, just kind of, kind of kind of my life in about three and a half minutes because uh, you know I love music so much. But but the greatest greatest part of all when I was learning different styles as a kid and or teenager, you know, and listening to different styles of music, I tell an audience sometimes uh, that, you know, the best thing that all happened was when I met the composer of my life, and he's the one who's writing my song, and uh, Chaplin, he's he's writing your song, all the listeners out there, uh, he wants us, he, he said that he came to give us life, and life more abundant, and sometimes all we hear are the discords in life, and all we hear uh, seems like a... Uh, you know, just uh, we miss out on the harmony, and yet he's the one wanting to give us abundant life. He's he's the one who's commanded us to love others, and he's the one that gave his life for us. And so, as much as I love music, and I love music, when I met when I met the composer, changed everything. And, uh, you know, um, me, when I go out, it, it is so much more than comedy because I know that people are hurting. I know that people need laughter for a lot of different reasons, a lot of times to let go of the stress. A lot of times people are living in a bad situation or financially struggling or a million questions young people wondering what to do with their life, people have hurts, someone has just buried someone that they dearly love. And and in all of that, there has to be this balance of we live in a broken world, and yet we have a Savior who says, I've come to not only give you life, but life, abundant life even now. And that means abundant life in the middle hardship, that if the joy of the Lord is truly our strength, then it's not just a frivolous thing, that it really is the strength that we need in the hard times. It's the strength that we need in the good times. And as you open the show saying, this is the day the Lord has made, I mean, we choose to rejoice in that. Does that mean that it's always easy? No. No, it doesn't. But it's a choice. So when I met the composer, it changed everything in my life. My whole perspective changed. And music is part of my life, and comedy is part of my life. But knowing the composer and knowing that others are hurting, I want to share that love with them. So this well, that's is a perfect. Today. This is the day. And we're going to rejoice it. That song's a perfect vehicle for doing exactly that. Uh, you hit the nail on the head with that one. And I got to tell you, if I didn't know it was you singing it, uh, that's the most serious I ever heard you treat a song. <laughs> well, and you're, that's you're, on, you're, and don't take this wrong way. It, it could have been Barry Manilow or somebody singing that song. I mean, it is a a lilting, uh, uh, serious, almost uh, ballad type. Uh, treatment and and it's uh you know it's not the normal uh tim lovelace uh 
singing on that video or that recording. And well, I'll tell you, it's, well, it's special. Well, you, it really you, is. You're very kind. I, I was really blessed to have uh, um, to, to be able to write with with Joel and Wayne and have Wayne to orchestrate that. He's a he's a genius at what he does and and uh, live orchestration and it, it makes you feel uh, uh, a different way. But I, I think I think the bottom line is Landon wanted me to sing my heart. It's, it's, it, I think one reason I cut up so much is if I get too serious, I start on. Uh, I almost break down uh, when when I think think of the, of the goodness of the Lord. I, I can hardly get any any anything out. But that's, that's really kind kind of you. And uh, and you know I, I do encourage your listeners to go to the website. And and I don't know when things are going to totally open up. I don't want to date this show too much. But a lot of things that are a lot of dates are canceled right now uh, through COVID nineteen. But but we know that things are opening up. But I, but I do want to encourage your your uh, your listeners to go to the website, and I've got a free email newsletter they can get on there. But they can find my schedule, and when I'm going to come out, I I promise you this: uh, if you come out to my concert, no matter who you are, what age you are, you'll feel a whole lot smarter about yourself after leaving <laughs> when you see, when you see me. But we'll have clean fun. It is absolutely clean laughter and music. And, um, uh, and get on that website. I'm in the process. Um, you probably don't know this because not many people do, but I'm in the process of writing a book during some of this downtime. I've been I've had a book in me a long time. And so I'm working on a book. And I will let people know on that free email newsletter if you want to sign up on that. I'll let people know when, when that will be ready. And, um, uh, but but I just I, I, I want people to to come out when when I'm in the area because I go all over I mean just uh, almost every state and big cities and small towns and as we said earlier and I don't want to repeat myself but just all type of venues so sometimes I can be really close to someone and if they if they haven't checked the the, the website they, they wouldn't know it but it has been such such a a blast to, to, to talk talking with you Chaplin. Well, I'll tell you, you've been very generous with your time, and and uh, I, this is one of the longest interviews that I've that I've gone. But there's so much to talk with you about, and I, I knew I was only going to have this one opportunity, probably. So I, I, you know, I work hard to try and get it all in. There is one last question I have to ask you, though, because I do I do this for every interview with every guest. Um, okay. And, all right. and then people should, get should it's I like the barber. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> it's not what kind of what kind of tree would you be, but uh, this gives a, a point of comparison. You know, at the end of every interview, somebody gets a text from you. A friend, I should say, a friend gets a text from you. This is a real 2020 question here, and for whatever reason, they're not sure it's actually you. As a matter of fact, they think maybe that somebody else may have gotten a hold of your phone. What question? Could they ask that in your answer would satisfy them that it was indeed you on the other end? That's a big one. That's a big one. Well, I would say if it's a close friend, you know, I was always crazy as a, you know, and I was single for a lot of years and go caving and speed looking and, and repelling. And I always just, I love diving and, and, and do a lot of crazy things. So all of my close friends, they would start coming up after my daughters came along, and they would say things like, is it true or we heard, and then I would get in trouble because I'm like, don't say that in front of my kids. So all of my <laughs> close friends know this, and they would probably text back and say, would you ever jump off of a cruise ship? Because they already know that I have jumped off of a cruise ship. Oh wow! And that's a long yeah, I didn't way. Know that. Was that the? It's like stepping was, out on faith. You just step out halfway down. You have to take in breaths to continue hollering, and you wonder why in the world did I do this? But it will improve your prayer life. When I jumped <laughs> off, I was I was I already knew the Lord. Halfway down, I was Billy Graham. <laughs> so that was way before your music. City show uh, cruise. 
<laughs> yes. Oh, yes. This was a. Uh, this was way back with the Florida boys in the eighties. In the eighties, oh, and, I, and I don't. I, I think no one should ever do that. I don't condone it, and it is totally <laughs> wrong. But my close friends would probably say, "Would you ever? If you would, you ever jump off a cruise ship?" And I would say, "You know, I've already done it." And then they would. Yeah. They would know it's me. <laughs> if I, I if I had guessed that answer, it would have been yes. Tim, thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, thank hey, you again. Chaplain Alex, I sure do appreciate it. You all keep up the great work to, to you and all the other chaplains out there. We really, really, really appreciate everything that you do. Uh, it's uh, just uh, so, so valuable. So you all keep up the great work. Keep encouraging, praying, and helping others. And thank, thank you uh, so, so, so much for everything. You bet. Until next time. This is Chaplain Alex Brandon wishing you every blessing. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.